All right. I think I have a short message, but I also want to talk a little bit before I even get into my message today. So, several things have happened over this week. One, we went camping in the mountains, which was awesome. Um, we went on this men's retreat. This was the first one. I think, you know, we've talked about it several times. This was a, a basically Buddy's heart. I mean, from, from how many years ago was it, Buddy? Buddy's talking to somebody. Several years ago, we'll say. Buddy, uh, Buddy got this, this idea of, of doing a men's retreat, and then um, during the conference, you know, he really, really got another vision of doing it. And, and so I really appreciate Buddy organizing this and getting this together. It was, it was awesome. It did rain. <laughs> And like tropical depressioned <laughs> on our heads a couple times, but uh, but even in the midst of that, we had an absolute blast. Like it was so much fun. I've never really been up in the mountains camping like that. The last time I went camping, I was a little kid, and we just lived in the hood and we camped in like backyards. <laughs> and my mom crocheted this blanket that just had holes in it, and I remember freezing with my toes in those holes, trying to like stay warm at night. But I actually had a sleeping bag. Thank you, Joseph. I like bummed off everybody, and uh, and camped in a tent, and it was a lot of fun. But uh, but anyway, so during, this, during, the, during the whole men's, ret- men's retreat and different things like that, the, the cool thing, and Melissa even mentioned this uh, uh, last week or a couple weeks ago about the, uh, the fellowship that we have outside of church. I love church. I love the fellowship we have in here. But there's just something about going out and bonding and just being able to spend time with each other and talking and conversations just come up. I mean, you just you naturally talk about life and things you go through and, and the gospels, especially if you're, you know, if you're a Christian, the gospel just finds its way in there, and you begin to talk about the Lord and what He's doing, what He's done. And we've had some, we had some of those fireside chats. It was really cool to see that, and just up in the mountains and watching just the mist on the mountain. It was just beautiful. It was absolutely awesome. And uh, but even and then after that, I was I, one night I was sleep. I was getting in my tent, getting ready for to try to go to sleep during the storm. And uh, somebody had posted that I was actually on my phone at that time posting that uh, Kanye West had put out his album, Jesus is King. And if you know me, I've, I've grown up around hip-hop, and I, I love rap music. I mean, it's just it's ingrained in me from the culture that I grew up in. Most of which I listened to was really bad, um, like real bad. But at the same time, and we even had discussions about that. Nick and I got to talk about our old gangster rap days and, and listen to some of the stuff that we used to listen to. And and even even understanding what I was trying to find back then, I didn't have a father figure. And we had different experiences, Nick and I did, with, with what gravitated towards that type of music. But mine was, that was my solace. I would put my earphones in, and I would just listen, and I, I would kind of calm me down. And I loved the, the style of it. It was almost like poetry to me. And at the same time, uh, it was giving me a, a false sense of hope of getting out of poverty and getting out of, of the struggles that I was dealing with because they, they kind of, most of the ones that I listened to just talked about bad stuff, but getting out and getting rich and getting nice cars and nice things and that kind of thing. And so that's what I was looking for, some kind of way out of the, the misery that I was in. I was falsely looking at it, but I was looking at it for something. But in the, in the process of that, I just fell in love with the, with the style of music. Now, fast forward, I get this, I see this message that you know, Kanye West, is, and I've seen it kind of progress. People have been talking about it, but he releases this album called Jesus is King. It's like, wow, that's bold. That's pretty bold. If you don't know who Kanye West is, he's a famous rapper celebrity and uh, immediately I, I kind of started looking at some of the comments and be careful when you do that because the, the funny thing about social media is you, you don't you don't have to have any credibility to, to make a comment and unfortunately you see a lot of people who claim to be Christians that just make make us all look bad <laughs> and uh, there were lots on there that were just like well let's let's hang back and wait and see if this is real let's Let's, and I mean, it was just negative, 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 negative. Now, there was some positive, too, for sure. Most of you guys and people that I do know were all positive. And here's my thing. I, I, I'm not, 
I'm not trying to evaluate Kanye West's life and see if he's really saved or not. It's not my job. What I know is 2.3 million people listen to his song on YouTube called Selah, and it proclaims the gospel. 2.3 million in two days. Times Square had Jesus is King up in lights. Number one hashtag is hashtag Jesus is King right now on Twitter. Say what you want. I'm not following Kanye. God's doing something. And I'm praying for Kanye. What other person has a platform like that? You tell me that, that God can reach and reach a generation that needs it. A generation like I was looking for a father figure in a, in a, in a musical artist. He's not a pastor. He's just recently been saved. Give him some space, man. It just breaks my heart to see Christians jump on it. He even sings about it in one of his songs. He says, uh, on this album, he says, you know, what are the Christians going to say? Are they going to say I'm fake? How many of us were at that place? All of us. I was just about to say that. I was, seriously, I was going to say that. You're going to say, Pastor Justin, you're going to compare Kanye West to Paul? Yes, I am. Paul was much worse. Much worse. He was murdering Christians. Do y'all mind? I'm the pastor. Stand up. We're going to pray for Kanye. <laughs> well, I'm asking y'all. We're going to do this. And Father, we just pray right now that you continue to influence the generation through Kanye West right now. Lord, we just, we just uh, we pray that you keep him. We pray that you continue to speak to him and through him. And Lord, we just want to encourage him, Lord. Lord, that he would just continue to proclaim the good news of the gospel through his music, through his art. Through, through any ministry that you give him gifting to do, Lord, we just pray that you continue to do it, Lord. 2.3 million people are listening right now. 2.3 million in two days. Lord, just continue that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. It's amazing. Yes. Good. Times Square. All right. <clears throat> Let's see. Let's just dive into this. We'll see where it goes. I almost, I almost want to call this a series because it's the way the Lord's taking me right now, but as soon as I do, he's going to take me another direction. So we're going to stay here for now. I can't guarantee where we're going to go from here. Um, but this all kind of sparked from Dawn Danny. Uh, we had a conversation about Children's Church a while back, and, and she was just saying that the kids, I talked about this last week, I'm going to continue to talk about it. <clears throat> um, he said, you know, some of the kids don't know the, the old Bible stories, you know, a lot of the Bible stories that, that they grew up with. And, and I said, well, you know, we, we definitely need to teach those. We need to make sure they understand them. But we need to make sure we see them through, through lenses, through Jesus' lenses. Um, because all those Old Testament stories seemed like fairy tales to me. When I was, when, when, even when I heard them before I was saved, I thought, well, that's cute. You know, this, this stuff happened. And, you know, they, they won this, this battle from smashing jars and lighting up stuff. And Jonah was swallowed by a whale. These all sound like fairy tales to me. There's something much more going on there, as we know now. Um, there's something much more going on there. And if once you begin to understand that the whole Bible is about Jesus front to back, if you continue to remind yourself like any, and I've told you all this before, I mark out all the headings in my Bible that, that break down the scriptures, you know, to tell you what it's about. Mark those out. I always mark those out because, and I replace them with it's all about Jesus. Because that helps me understand the scriptures much clearer. 
Because when you break them down to individual pieces, it's good for us to find, if you need to find places of what's going on in stories, there's nothing wrong with that to find them. But for me, it helped me to scratch those out and put it's all about Jesus. Because when I read them, then I, then I take a step back and I meditate on those and go, so what does this have to do with Jesus? And every time the Holy Spirit shows it to me, every time, every time. Um, I did that last week with Gideon. Um, and we'll recap Gideon's, Gideon's story. Uh, Gideon's whole deal was he, he actually have somebody written down, so I don't have to think of it all to myself, all by myself. Uh, Gideon was fighting a battle that had already been won. Uh, God called Gideon a warrior when he was just a farmer. Uh, God assured Gideon he was not going alone. God knew that Gideon was afraid and helped encourage him through the enemy's dreams. You remember that? Um, he didn't give Gideon a sword, but a promise. All Gideon had to do was listen, trust, and go. Here's the thing. Gideon was afraid. He was hiding in a crevasse, remember? <laughs> he was threshing wheat <laughs> in a crevasse. And he was hiding because uh, they were being destroyed. This huge army. They said could, you couldn't even count them. They were like sands. And there was just tons of them. And uh, so God calls them to go defeat them. They're already hiding. They're already afraid of them. God says, no, you're a warrior. He says, no, I'm the least of a family that's the weakest. <laughs> and he says, no, I'm calling you to be a warrior and to go defeat them. Not only that, I want you to get rid of your army. Tell whoever's afraid, leave. And there's like thousands of them leave. And then he breaks them down to 300. He says, now, I, I don't want you to go with swords. I want you to go with these jars and, and uh, torches and trumpets. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to go around and do this. And so that... They know that the Lord did this so that they know that the Lord your God did this. And it's important because we have to see the types and shadows of the Old Testament mirroring Jesus in the New Testament. All this is a picture of Jesus. All of it's a picture of Jesus. Jesus fought a battle, but he didn't fight a battle in the physical realm. He fought it in the spiritual realm, right? We know that. We see when Peter goes to take the ear off, and some people can argue, well, he was trying to take his head off, and that's all he got was an ear. Or he was just trying to take an ear off so he couldn't be a priest anymore because he's just being, it doesn't matter. He, he, was, he was fighting with the sword. That's the main point. And Jesus said, put your sword away. This is not the type of battle that we're fighting. I'm fighting a different battle and you can't fight it with swords. You can't fight this battle in the physical realm. Jesus was for sure fighting a battle. Even evidence when he was praying before he went to the cross and he said, Lord, if there's any other way you can do this, <laughs> I'm, I'm about that life. <laughs> but not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. He said, this is tough. This is going to be hard. But not my will, but yours be done. Gideon did the same thing. I am stressing out about this, God. And God said, look, I know you're stressing out about this. Go listen to your enemies and see what they're saying about you, little farmer. <laughs> I'm sorry, warrior. So he did. Gideon went down there and listened, and he listened. And they said, uh, I, see a, <laughs> I see a loaf of barley bread <laughs> rolling down the mountain and destroying us. Surely this must be Gideon. And Gideon was encouraged, and he went back, and he said, okay, everybody, follow me. Do what I do. What a bold statement. Gideon saw what God saw in him, and he did it. Not in his own strength, but he did it with God. God said, I will be with you. It's an important part. So you see the parallel there. Jesus went, but he didn't go alone. Jesus knew he always depended on the Father. He said, look, I only do what I see the Father do. I only do what he tells me to do. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because all I do is mimic what he does. We're in a relationship together. We're good. Jesus fought a battle. God called him to the battle. He assured him he wouldn't go alone. 
Um, he didn't give Jesus a sword either. He gave him a promise. As Jesus, all Jesus did was the same thing. He listened to his father. He trusted and he went. Right? All right. That was last week, so that was just a little recap. Jonah. We're going to talk about Jonah and the, and the big fish. We have to understand that these aren't just little moral stories that we can take out of it and, and make it about just about us. It's never just about us. It's always about Jesus. Even Jonah and the whale is about Jesus. Y'all know the story? Does everybody know the story of Jonah? I'll, I'll briefly go through it. I'm not going to read the whole scripture about it. Jonah's on a ship. Waves are tossing and turning. People are freaking out. They're like, hey, we think it's this guy. <laughs> Let's get him off the boat. Maybe, maybe this God will stop tossing our ship around. So they throw him in the water and fish swallows him three days. Spit back out. This is all because he's running from God because people in Nineveh are slapping each other with fishes. So that's what VeggieTales says. People in Nineveh were bad, and, uh, and Jonah didn't want them to be saved. He, he wanted God to crush them, burn them up. And, uh, and, and uh, God said, no, I want to save Nineveh. So he, he runs. <clears throat> it's on the ship. They throw him off. Gets swallowed by well. Three days comes back. Um, we'll kind of pick up John 1.14. It says, and they cried out to the Lord, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you please. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. Now the Lord provided a huge fish. Who provided it? The Lord provided it. A huge fish swallowed Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Does this sound familiar to you at all? From, from a similar story in the New Testament? It should. There's some key, key things there that are pretty obvious if you're looking for them. If you scratch your titles out and put it's all about Jesus, you can kind of see some of these. Matthew 27, 3. I'm going to jump around a lot today. I know sometimes I'd go slower so y'all can keep up. Sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to try to go through it kind of quick because we do want to have enough time. I don't want to push the baby shower back because I talk too much. Matthew 27, 3. So when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. Pilate even said the same thing. I'm an innocent of this man's blood. Very similar to what happened to Jonah. He said, look, please don't hold us accountable for killing this innocent man when they threw Jonah over. John 2.18 says the Jews then responded to him, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to, to do all this? They're questioning Jesus about who he really is. This is after he turns the tables over and says, I'm the man. <laughs> I'm, I'm the one. I am. I'm the one that God was talking about. And he, he gets upset with them about what they're doing. They turned uh, what was supposed to be the good news and turned into a kind of a racket. And so uh, they said, who do you think you are and what authority do you have? And Jesus answered, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. And they, they go on and mark, uh, they're being questioned, some of the Pharisees are being questioned. They said, we heard him say, I'll destroy this temple with human hands and in three days we'll build another not made with hands. Uh, Matthew twelve thirty nine says, a wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart. In the heart, remember that, in the heart of the earth, the men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment and this generation, with this generation, and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. Catch that. Something greater than Jonah is here. Something we talked about Wednesday night uh, at Buddy's Simple Gospel, and I encourage you to come. It's really awesome. Uh, uh, Angela, I think, brought up the whole milk and 
I say steak, <laughs> milk and meat thing. That you used to drink milk, but now you eat meat. When you're mature, you eat meat. Y'all know the scripture? Um, man, Ben makes awesome steaks, by the way, on our camping trip. Woo! Just had a flashback. They're so good. <laughs> They're so good. I'll take steak over milk any day. Anyway, so every time I talk about the scripture, I'm going to think of those steaks. Man, they were so good. All right. Go, okay, y'all got to come camping with us next time. You get some awesome steaks. We didn't play. He had like the <laughs> the like uh, Japanese steakhouse grill. I was trying to get him to do the egg thing and flip stuff around and turn our eggs into a heart, but he didn't do it. All right. So, uh, so easily I get distracted. Something greater than Jonah is here. He's giving you an example here. He's showing you that these were types and shadows back then. Those were pictures of what Jesus was to be. All of, this is, all of that was to show us exactly what was going to happen. The whole, the whole milk versus meat thing, the whole milk versus steak thing, milk is us wanting to try to do it either from the, from the law or our own understanding of things. Uh, the steak is maturity of following the Holy Spirit and hearing and being mature about things. It's like being a grown-up, right? It's, it's very basic. It's not going back and forth. It's one or the other. And we'll get to that in a minute. All right. Something greater than Jonah is here. We're gonna, and we're going to bounce back and forth, I didn't tell you. Back to Jonah 2, he says, From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, now, now listen to this in the context. Now, before we even start, think about Jesus in this. This is all the way back in Jonah before Jesus ever hit the scene. Keep this in mind. This is Jonah saying, From inside the whale, he says, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very, what? The very heart of the sea. You see the pictures being painted here. And the current swirled about me, and your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. You see the picture? The crown? To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Whew. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto the, land, onto the dry land. Think about that picture now, now that we know what happened with Jesus. Doesn't that mean so much more than just a guy that didn't listen to God and ran away and God did this? Doesn't, doesn't it ha carry more weight now? These stories aren't just moral stories to get you to act right, to do the right thing and not do the wrong thing. It's much, much better than that. It's much bigger than that. These stories are to show you how good God is, to show you that the whole, the whole milk and meat thing is the Holy Spirit is a much better governor than the law could ever be. But milk's for what? For babies. Milk's for babies to just get them to understand what's going on, but it will always just lead them to a place when, when the threat's lifted, they're going to do what they want. Listen, all of us will, and this is my other thing with uh, this whole deal with Kanye. It's like, look, when... We don't have to look for opportunities to tear people down. Unfortunately, we find ourselves in positions that we feel like we have the, well, we have the ability for sure. We have the right to do that. None of us have the right to do that. None of us have that right. 
We forfeited that right the moment that we were born again. Our only purpose now is to build people up and to draw the truth about what God says about them out of them, to call people warriors who think that they're weak. Jesus fought the ultimate battle and won. The pain of physical separation of spirit and body and the agony of spiritual separation from God. Isaiah 53, 6 says, The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus took on sin so that we didn't have to. He defeated death so that we could have life. You have to see that the opposite of everything that, that Jesus went through has been given to us for free. When we see, most of you have probably seen the Passion of the Christ, we see the physical uh, breaking down of the human body, and that's exactly what they did. They, would, they, they felt like, I think it was like 40, and I'm, don't quote me on this, it was like 40 lashes would kill a man, so they'd do 39 till it, would, till it would rip the flesh down almost to the bone. All of this was, was prophesied from the Old Testament. As we go through these Old Testament stories, they're all painting pictures of what Jesus is going to do. And not just in the physical, but in the spiritual. Jesus went to the depths. Now listen, and I'm not going to debate about where he went when he died. Some people say, I'm not into that. What I know that he did is he defeated death. Absolutely, it sounds crazy to saying, killed death. He, he, he took the sting away from death. He took your fear away from dying. He, he gives us eternal life, which is a very supernatural thing. It's unfathomable sometimes to us in our finite minds to think about an eternal life. But what it does is it takes away the fear of having to, to stress out about it. I said something a few Wednesdays ago that has stuck with me too. And it, it kind of woke me up in the middle of the night and I kind of realized, especially about all this adventure stuff that I was praying for and then the Lord kind of dropped more than I wanted in my lap. Um, I say that it's, it's all been it's all been good. All, all good has come from it. At the same time, I realize I'm 42 now, and I realize I've only got a finite amount of time in this physical body on this earth. And and that that can sound scary, right? And if I tell you guys, you know, statistically, one out of every one person is going to die. <laughs> you know, it's just the facts. I'm sorry. You, you're gonna you're gonna die a physical death. It's gonna happen. We, we were given, what, 70, 80 years of technology. We may live 100, have a robot brain or something. I don't know. But here's the thing. You've got a limited amount of time on this earth. I want to live every moment that I'm here doing stuff for the Lord. Let me, let me rephrase that. Scratch that. Take that off the podcast. Doing stuff with the Lord. Not just doing it for him. Doing it with him. God's doing stuff. God's doing stuff. I just can't get past 2.3 million I just, I'm thankful to be alive to see something like that. I'm thankful to be alive to see some of the, some of the miracles that we've seen physically. I'm thankful to be alive to see um, some of the relationships restored that, that they thought were hopeless. To see, to see life in people that thought that there was, there was no opportunity for them to have an abundant life. For God to restore people. Listen, we're, if we're in God's business, we're in the restoration business. If I keep using this example just because it's fresh in my mind, but I mean, if Kanye falls, how many of you fell? It, let's just say that. So let's just let's let's play devil's, devil's advocate here. Let's say he falls off and, and makes you know whatever makes a horrible album or does something stupid, whatever. 
he's just human just like anybody else. Just because he's a celebrity doesn't make any difference. Just he's got a much larger magnifying glass. But guess what? He's got a much larger platform too. Listen, every one of us falls. What do we do here? We build each other back. We pick each other back up. We should be doing the same thing for everyone else. Yeah. Seeds are still planted. Statistically, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Golly. And that's the thing is, is understanding that we get, I don't know why I go to, I have movie quotes that's uh, kicking and screaming when, <laughs> when Will Ferrell's character gives all the kids in the soccer team birds and they're like, we have to keep these? He's like, no, you get to keep them. <laughs> and then later on in the movie, he's like, I may or may not have given all of your kids salmonella. <laughs> you know, so there was, but listen, we get to be a part of this. This is, this is what it is. And I, that's a horrible example, but it just reminded me of it. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. But we, <laughs> no, you get to be a part of this. Like, you don't have to, but it is kind of a good example because no one's twisting your arm to be a part of what God's doing in the earth. I'm not. Listen, I don't want, I don't want, you, to, I don't want you to do it because I, I'm telling you to do it because I might fail. <laughs> then if your faith is in me, then we're all, we're all messed, I'm almost said, we're all messed up. <laughs> Scary is what I was going to say. We're all scarily messed up. See, there you go. Almost did it. Anyway. <laughs> but here's the thing. We have an opportunity. And like I said, we've got, we've got this finite amount of time that we're in this physical body. We don't have to fear death, right? It's just like Paul said, to, to live as Christ and die as gain. We say that all the time like it's no big deal. No. To live is to be with Christ now alive. And if I die, cool. I get to be with him all the time. Even more. You know? There, it's win-win. We, we always this, and uh, me and Ben Danny talked about this Well, he read a book about it too. We have this idea that there's always win, somebody has to lose in this. No, no one has to lose here. Huh? Yeah, it's not a zero-sum game, whatever that means. I have to process that. I, don't, I really don't know what that means. What does that mean? Oh, okay. Okay, basically what I'm saying in a different way. Okay. Nope. I just learned, somebody said out of pocket like three or four years ago, and I was like, what, out of pocket? You don't have any pockets? What does that even mean? And they're like, no, it means I'm busy. I'm like, why don't you just say you're busy? He doesn't want a dumb way to say it. Out of pocket. I don't get it. Get out of here, Bill. <laughs> no. Now I'm going to start saying that, zero-sum game. It sounds, it sounds kind of clever. Anyway. No one has to lose here. Squirrel. Squirrel, right. You get to be a part of what God's doing, and you get to be a part of what God's doing, right? If we suffer, we celebrate when we suffer. If other people suffer, we mourn with them, and we try to help them. If, if we see a great gain, and I think this, this whole Kanye West thing is a great gain, we celebrate with them. We get, to, we get to be a part of that, and we can celebrate with it. How cool is that? Life doesn't have to be constantly looking for, and constantly looking for the ball to drop. That was my big thing when, when I first got saved is, well, I'm going to mess up, just when is it going to be, right? I know my dad's history with 
you know, infidelity and drugs and alcohol and all that. I'm just, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, when am I gonna, when am I gonna mess up? And it took years for me to see that I'm not, I wasn't just a son of a man, but I'm, I'm also a son of my father in heaven. That I don't, my lineage has changed. And when that began to, to, to take, like really take grip in my life, I began to think, okay, wow, this is real. I don't have to wait for something bad to happen. I can look for good things to happen. And I'm not, and I joke around like I'm blindly optimistic. I'm not. I'm, I'm a realist too. I understand bad things happen. But at the same time, we can, you can make the best out of any situation. I looked at Joseph when I said that, and I thought about the rainy day. And I saw, and I jokingly said, I can see, Joseph was really struggling because, uh, which we need to pray for Kim too. Um, Kim got some shots in her back. She was having some stuff, and he was torn whether he wanted to go or not. But she said it was okay. She was going to be okay. But he still kind of wanted to, wanted to go back. But at the same time, it started storming raining, and we were having some rough nights. And I said, I was like, I got to rally these troops, man. Everybody's falling apart. The kids are like, we were soaking wet and everything. I was like, we're going to Walmart. Let's go to Walmart. And I'm gonna, we're going to buy, like, I wanted a scope for a pellet gun that I got. And we're going to get some targets. We're going to shoot them. And I got the guy, the younger guys, Hayden's laughing back there. I got them to, to set it up. And I was like, so Joseph's lost a twinkle in his eye. I'm going to get that thing back. <laughs> we're going to make this trip work. So we just, we just goofed off and went to Walmart and came back and just had fun. It's just like. Look, you can see you, you can see the worst of a situation. We were in a tropical depression. Like it was sketchy, like the whole time, to say the least. Like we're in tent. I'm I haven't tent camped since I was a kid, for real. And we, when we when we've gone camping recently, I call it glamping, which is in campers, which is like air conditioned and like luxury basically. And so we were like on the ground, wet, <laughs> like camping. And I mean, uh, apparently Hayden didn't take his shoes off the whole time because. <laughs> <laughs> when he got home, we got call, we got calls like, "Hey, what the heck are y'all doing up in the mountains up there? I think there's something dead in my kid's shoes." Anyway, so, but to say all that, we 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 made the best of that situation, and we went up. We one more thing I want to tell you about this. When this is this is how I do. It's like full send all the time. I pulled the jeep. I brought my jeep up there to off road. And I pulled the Jeep off the trailer and immediately put it full drive and went to back it over a big boulder because I was excited. We're like, oh, a mountain. It's like, I'm going to back my Jeep onto this huge boulder and take a picture. <laughs> I backed up and pow, I broke the front axle like immediately. <laughs> I was like, oh, I just ruined the whole trip. And so I called. This is cool. I called like all the local parts stores and nobody had an axle. They're like, oh, we can get it shipped in. I was like, no, I need it right now. <laughs> you know, I need an axle. And, uh, and so I randomly, well, not randomly, I called Advanced Auto Parts. And he's like, hey, have you called Scott or something? Somebody's name. And I was like, no. He was like, he's probably got one. Here's his number. So I called him. I was like, hello? Is this Scott? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. I was like, hey, you got an axle for an 04 Jeep Wrangler? He's like, yeah, I've got a used one. I've got a chrome one. I was like, cool. Where are you? He's like, oh, gave me the address. So I drive like eight minutes, eight minutes like down this curvy road up a mountain. And it's this random kind of old guy on a mountain with like all these Jeeps in the yard. And he was like, I can go pull one out of that Jeep or I got a brand new one. I was like, just give me the new one. And so he gave me a new one. And Got back, and the guys helped me. We jacked it up, put a new axle in. I mean, like, literally, like, 30 minutes, we were up and going again. I was like, I got to meet a cool guy, cool, random old guy on a mountain that works on Jeeps. Anyway, so I thought it was pretty funny. Like, I immediately broke the Jeep. Like, day one, like, I didn't even put it in drive. In reverse, up on a rock, pow! <laughs> clank, 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 all the way back. <laughs> it was funny. We've got pictures of that, too. It's pretty funny. I'll, I'll post some pictures later. But anyway... We made the, you can make, I could have just gotten upset and been like, oh, well, this is, this is done. We're not going to do anything. But I was like, no, I'm going to find an axle. Like, in my head, I thought, somebody's got an axle somewhere near. We're 1,400 feet on a mountain. <laughs> somebody's got an axle somewhere near here. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, but I mean, 
Um, when I told that guy, he said, yeah, he said, I need to give the other part stores. He said, you must have talked to so-and-so at this part store because he knows me. So that was the only reason he knew that guy. Like the other part stores guys didn't know him. And I was like, man, you need to tell all of them because this is going to happen, <laughs> you know? Anyway, so, yeah, I don't know where I was going with all that. It was fun, though. God's provision. God's provision, yes, God's provision. But even, yeah. And we, we, Ben kept saying he was bathing the mountain in prayer so the rain would stay away. But it did, it, it did stay away more than we thought it would that one day. So he bathed it in prayer. There's a buddy. He bathed it in prayer too. Bathe. All right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting done early. I told you it was going to be short. Cool. Stand up. We're going to pray for you. We, we are, all of us. We're all going to pray for you, buddy. <laughs> Listen, we called it chocolate jokingly. But uh, Joseph made awesome coffee in a little thing, and we actually did have some, uh, well, it wasn't chocolate, but it was French vanilla creamer, so we weren't roughing it too bad. It was sweet. Zero-sum game. Shut up, Bill. <laughs> Father, I, th- I thank you for laughter, Lord. I thank you for your joy. I thank you that you can make the best out of the worst situation, Lord. You could win with a pair of twos, like we say. So, Father, we just pray that we would open our eyes to see it every day, every moment, Lord, that we would walk with you. Lord, we would walk in the Spirit with you all the time. Lord, help us to see opportunities to love people that are around us. Lord, people that need to hear the good news. Lord, help us to pray for the ones that have influence over other people that we can't reach. Lord, help us to build them up and to encourage them every day. Lord, we just love you and we praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.